This week, we chat with Matthew Lin about Netflix's Uncoupled. Matthew is a cinematographer whose work has been accepted into Cannes Film Festival and has received Queerty Award nominations. Welcome to the Rainbow Room. Our podcast about writing, representation, and gay stuff. This is Season 2, Episode 4, Uncoupled with Matthew Lin. Hello, everyone. I'm Andrew. My name is Eric. And today we have special guest Matthew Lin. Woo! Hey, everybody. <laughs> wow, I get an applause and a woo. Yeah. Always. <laughs> Matthew, we're so happy to have you. Uh, Matthew brought to us Uncoupled to review today, so that's what we'll be going through. But first, I want to give some intro about Matthew. Uh, Matthew, uh, is a, it, what's really cool about having him on is he's actually in the industry. Uh, he is a DP living in Los Angeles. And we were just talking about how we got connected. So my sister is an actress uh, working in LA who met Matthew during an award ceremony, correct? Well, yeah. So we were at a an after party for a premiere of a show that I did reshoots on. And we happened to sit down on the same couch and started talking. She's like, oh my God, like you're gay and a DP? Like you should talk to my brother. And so she connected us and oh. then the rest is history six degrees of separation or kevin bacon at least i just love um her being like oh my god you're gay <laughs> that's funny here's my husband you're you're a homosexual yeah no 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 that's we're just husbands cool. <laughs> are, you, are you married matthew i am i am i am what? happily married we got married back in august oh my god Wait. I think you're our first yeah. married guest. Wow. No, I'm trying to buck the trend and get rid of the, the conservative mindset and just be like, yeah, we're two gay guys and we, we live together. No, no. I, it's so, I like it. We're <laughs> celebrating that you guys actually like are married because... We used to not be able to do that. So that, that's hey, incredible. love wins. Six years ago. Isn't yeah. that crazy? Or, is that is it six crazy. or seven? I think seven. Yeah. I think it was 2015 when that happened, right? Well, that's like grandpa and gay years now. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> How long have y'all been married? Uh, we got married in August, but we've been together for six years. Oh, you so. just got married. Congratulations. That's amazing. Yeah. Went to England, had the whole family over. My parents came. Uh, which was absolutely wonderful, and uh, just had a little small ceremony over at the Greek theater. No, at the uh, the Shakespeare Theater of the Globe, um, which was really nice. That's Wait, so is your gay. husband British? <laughs> My husband is from Northern Ireland, which is part of the UK. So yeah, he's British. He's Irish. So. I so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If Trump gets reelected, I can move to either the EU or the UK. I'm totally covered. Okay, awesome. <laughs> Love that. Uh, Matthew, I have plenty of questions for you, but we have a question we'd like to add, ask all our podcast guests in our continuing effort to paint a rich tapestry of authentic queer people's lives. We like to ask our guests, what's the gayest thing you've done this week? Oh, wow. And we can go first to give you some time to think. Um, please i so i'm visiting in austin so i got to see my friends and so i went to a boat party that my gay friend was throwing and all the uh there were straight people at the party but all the people there who were gay basically knew each other so we like were hanging out which was fun and then we all went to uh shout out to och in austin we all went there had a great time and then went to highland which is my favorite bar in austin <laughs> and we were just drinking, having a good time, dancing, and it was wonderful. I love clubbing. I love it, love it, love it. I would say the gayest thing I've done this week 
I'm going to stick to my usual trend of like yearning out of window. Oh, no. I was on the, I probably say like, yeah, gayest thing I did was like, <laughs> I was at the airport and like my flight was like pretty late. It was around like when the sun was setting. And so like the sky was like really pink, like all of the air trains were like riding around. And I just was like filming the sunset with all these trains. And I started crying because I was like, this is so <laughs> beautiful and gorgeous. And that's probably the gayest thing ever. And then I would like text it to my mom and be like, look how gorgeous this is. Um, and I would say that's gay. <laughs> I love that. That's beautiful that you're appreciating the Aww. art and life around you. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome, I guess. <laughs> uh, I guess my gayest thing, uh, I took my husband to San Diego for his birthday, which was this past week. And I can't oh. think of the name of the bar to save my life, but they were doing karaoke. So, of course, I had to get up and do the J-HUD uh, um, mm. Love you, I do from Dreamgirls. So, mm. oh, I feel like that's that's a rite of passage as a gay man. It's just, or not a rite of passage, but a perk is that I can go up and sing Whitney Houston if I want to. I earned that right, you know, no judgment <laughs> at all. You worked years of hard work being gay <laughs> to, earn to sing Whitney Houston at karaoke. Absolutely, yeah, that's in the handbook. In a mini skirt. That's the important part. In a mini skirt. Were you in a mini skirt? No, no, no. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Although yeah, my I got so excited. I was like, I need pictures. So you <laughs> took your husband out for his birthday, right? That's what, so it was like you had all his friends there and stuff like that. No, no, no. We did really low key. <laughs> so the gayest thing. Uh, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say the gayest thing you've done is be married this week. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, we 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 consummate the marriage constantly. Oh so no! We can, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that's beautiful. And we and that Amen. is okay to say on this pod. Andrew. I'm so sorry, mom. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I don't understand. What do married people do? No, today? yeah, it's it's actually. <laughs> it's very in line with traditional values um have consummating a marriage we're very traditional yes. that way <laughs> amazing uh well thank you for sharing that with us matthew so uh matthew i looked at your website and one thing that uh i love is that it sounds like just like us you are very passionate about uh helping to create cinema and creating cinema that is representing queer stories authentically and just kind of increasing the representation of queer stories out there which i think is really amazing so i'd love to ask you about what you're working on the um i see you have all these awards and just also your experience yeah absolutely and thank you for bringing that up i uh when i came out my family was like leave never come back you're no longer our child but are you serious it, oh my god yeah well but but because of that my parents had to go through the process of questioning their beliefs and have come around to the point where you know we got married in august my parents flew out to england and the first time out of the country and sat there to dinner with our closest friends and family and you know celebrated our marriage together so if that tells you what 12 years can do um but that that leads me to the point of what inspired all of what I do here with filmmaking is that empathy breeds awareness or awareness breeds empathy. They're kind of interchangeable, but until somebody has experienced something personally, they can't have empathy for that person or experience. And so what, what my mission as a filmmaker is to empower gay stories with quality storytelling. Um, I always use the, the phrase that gay films and Christian films are really similar um, <laughs> in a lot of ways. They're campy and they speak to their own audience and people outside of that circle tend to think they're terrible. That's because... <laughs> 
<laughs> well, that's because people, you know, they tend to see like they're they they like those little check boxes of tropes, but they forgive everything else in terms of quality. And I said, no, 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 we are a minority. We should be the standard. You know, um, it's been that way for. I mean, how many neighborhoods in America have been rebuilt by the gays, and then the straight people are like, oh wow, this is really pretty now. I'll come and move in. You know, mm-hmm. and you know, white cultures constantly always been stealing you know black cultures music and uh, twisting it and calling it their own so like minorities are the the ones who bring about change in the world because they see things differently and my goal is to empower people with those stories to have the tools of filmmaking uh from a quality level uh, of storytelling how to tell a story well and then how to tell it visually effectively and then with music um so that's kind of where anyway that's in a nutshell where i got to where i am um and so my goal with my career is to try to empower gay storytellers to tell really their stories as effectively as possible so some mom in Missouri can watch it with her three kids and like start crying. And then these two guys kiss and they're like, but I love them so much, but it conflicts with my core values. I don't, I don't know what this means, you know, and challenge people to think about things differently. Yeah. Um, so that being said, sorry. <laughs> um, but that, that being said, that's, uh, that's kind of where I'm at with my career. And so it's about doing projects that facilitate that. Did that answer your question? Oh yeah, no, that is amazing. Okay. Um, and, the, and the route through which you do that empowerment is through, um, primarily you're a cinematographer, right? Uh, a DP. A yeah. People pay me money to make things look good for some reason. Reason. So <laughs> I kind of use that as my in, but I, I came to LA and I was always the guy that when I was in college, I created a group called GSD, which is means get shit done. I'm just that guy who like, oh, you can do this and you can do this. And I, I'm good at pulling people together. I guess that makes me a producer. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But um, but I just, I've always been the guy who wants to build the next project and do the next thing. So I started out as a DP and that's where I pay the bills, but slowly moving into directing and um, producing other people's projects as well. And we produced tons of short films and uh, other projects over the years. And who's we? Is it GSD? Oh, no, no. So G- <laughs> GSD was just a thing in college, but yeah, my company, Bridge the Divide Media, uh, which their whole purpose is to bridge the divide um, and uh, try to connect, you know, LGBTQ stories to the rest of the world. That's amazing. Do you, do you write as well? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, nice. I improved my writing skills significantly when the world shut down during the pandemic and all I could do was sit in final draft and do this all day long. <laughs> We've been hearing a lot of that on this podcast. A lot of a lot of oh, guests. Really? Who, yeah, a lot of people really like use this pandemic as a this hopefully the and not just this <laughs> pandemic as an opportunity to really to, uh, work on kind of the writing skills. Uh, that's amazing. And it's also really cool because no matter how good of a writer you are, you need to be able to make something high quality. And and the cinematography is such a crucial part of that. And and of course, you got the element, other elements of that, like the editing and stuff. But it sounds like you're also very good at pulling in people who are good at what they do. So all those elements are, are crucial for for making that happen. You know, the writing is just the first step. So, well, without a good script, you don't have anything. So you got to <laughs> exactly. get the writing writing perfect. No, I, I definitely see though what you're saying about how you you doing this really helps empower those stories to get told and and told correctly, told in a way that's actually going to be enjoyable to watch. Yeah, people are a long term investment, and I feel like the best investments. Are the ones that you know you spend five to ten years with people and like you you find the nugget 
that is really great about them. And you just, you realize that people have ups and downs and in and outs and they're not perfect. But if you stick in for the long haul, you know, family sticks. Yeah. I also want to touch on one thing you said about how seeing something, you find yourself feeling empathy for the characters, even if it like goes against what you thought your values were originally. I was interviewed for this YouTube's cut videos where they interviewed me and a crush side by side. And I didn't know if my crush was gay or straight. And so I was just giving my interview before they interviewed the guy I had a crush on. And after the interview, the producer was like, I've never wanted a guy to be gay so badly. <laughs> He's like, really, really? <laughs> the crush is gay. Uh, he was straight, but uh, it happens. Awful. <laughs> Awful. What is what is straight? You know, it's a spectrum. I don't know. I'm very, if there is a spectrum, I'm on one damn side of it, honey. I am gay, gay. So do you have any specific projects you can tell us about? Uh, either a recent one oh, or one absolutely. that you're really proud of or, or multiple? Yeah, I did, a, uh, I did a project called The Things We Do When We're Alone. And it's about... So I, okay, I'm going to really truncate this, but I used to be a Southern Baptist music minister and that didn't, wow. that didn't work out. Too, that didn't work out too well. Um, Last but, thing I expect you to say. <laughs> oh yeah, honey, I can wed and dead you. Let's put it that way. Um, but uh, I worked in it for years and I was actually going to seminary to get a master's degree in music and was going to gay straight therapy at the same time and was doing um, like trying to convert because it was like, hey, I have to do this. I have to be straight. I have to marry a woman. I have to make this work. So I went through conversion therapy by my own choice. Um, wow, and Matthew, finally... you have lived a life. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you. But uh, it, uh, I guess, thank you. I don't know. But uh, as uh, from that process, um, I eventually obviously gave up and realized it wasn't going to work. But in, it gave me an idea for a movie about what if I had continued down that road and 20 years from now, I was like that really messed up person who had been through conversion therapy and I turned into a serial killer. So I made a movie about that. <laughs> like what if conversion therapy created a serial killer who goes and kills gay men, you know? Um, and uh, so that's actually on my website. But then uh, the newest thing that I've actually been working on this morning before I talked to you guys was uh, a project called Dixon. And when I was 19, I had a three-year relationship with a guy in my church and it was all in the closet. Um, yeah. He was married with a kid and we, you know, snuck around back rooms and did all this kind of stuff. But then he had a hunting camp that we'd go up to and it was like two hours away and it was our little space where in the closet we could kind of be out you know because it was just us and a camper and going hunting and i made a short film uh about a young man that young me uh <laughs> named somebody else but uh that relationship and the very last time that they get together where the young guy ends up deciding he gets out at a church and it has his church job and he has to move on and so he came up to the camp to tell don as the character he's goes up there to tell Don, hey, this happened and I have to go. Um, but the whole the whole movie takes place over the weekend when he's there. And so it's it's about that relationship. You know, nobody's making movies about a redneck guy in southern Mississippi who is a hunter and is in the closet and is in his late 50s, you know? And it's like, those people deserve to have their stories told. And so I felt like, well, if nobody else is going to tell it, I need to tell it. So 
it's a love letter to that and to closeted relationships in general that I feel like, especially in the South and on the Eastern part of the United States, a lot of gay men cope with. Uh, it also deals with alcoholism in, mm -hmm. in the gay community with older men, which is also something a lot of gay men deal with. And uh, But yeah, it just goes back to the, the theme of my company, which is to empower those stories and tell them because no one else is going to. Yeah. Or <laughs> even worse, people are going to try and they don't know what they're talking about. Uh, with a straight director and straight actors, right? <laughs> <laughs> I got uh, chills about you just telling your entire story. So thank you for like just telling that story just now, Matthew. I appreciate that. Um, I want to watch everything now that you've made, <laughs> just because like all of that sounded so awesome and like very poignant and just stuff that like selfishly me as a gay person wants to watch, but also like other people, not just gay people, should be watching as well. Thank you. That means a lot. And uh, the, the there's there's another project that we did that got a little bit more like notoriety because it was on a streaming service called Deku, which is an LGBT streaming service like Netflix. And they did, it was called The Third. It was originally called Triads, but uh, we found out those are, that's a gang in Japan that uses katanas and like kills people. So uh, we had changed the <laughs> name for international release, but it was called the, we call it The Third. And it's about uh, a triad or thruple, you know, three-way relationship that I had when I moved to Palm Springs. And, uh, and it's about the trials that gay triads go through when they get together. And it's been interesting to have done that show. Obviously, that relationship didn't work out, um, but it made for great content. So... <laughs> Um, so we did that show as well. So yeah, it's just about, you know, taking the time to write good content about interesting stories, I guess. That's so cool. What, what role did you play in, um, in the third? Uh, I was the showrunner and DP producer, you know? Whoa. Oh, wow. Okay. So you weren't just directors. a DP, you had a lot of roles. Okay. Yeah, it was, it was about... God, it was about five years ago now, but it was sort of the a moment for us as a company, my my two uh, partners and I, where they've really moved down the directing route and writing, and then me as a DP, we kind of pulled all of our resources together to like make the the ultimate project that we could at the time, and that was that was the result of it. So that's cool. How long has your company been around? Uh, almost ten years. Wow. Started right at right after film school. And what has this journey been like for you and your company trying to create LGBT content in this industry in this modern day you know we've we've heard other stories where it gets it's just so difficult to get queer content made and greenlit like what has that experience been like for you have you ever faced active discrimination uh, i just wanted to hear your thoughts on this yeah i mean discrimination is alive and well in the industry i think there's been so many great strides that's been made in the recent recent history that we had to focus on but like the uh, best, a great example, great example. The the things we do when we're alone, it was created as a proof of concept for a feature. There was a script written. Uh, I went through 22 drafts of that script because every producer got on it and the producers I know were all straight people. And to their credit, they're looking for they're looking for the larger budgets. I get that, uh, but it, it, it turned what was a character piece about a gay man and the tragedies that closeted gay men deal with to a basically a white savior movie about mm. um, the father of a son who went awry, awry, who has to go out and find his son, and in that moment, like build the relationship back, and the killer happens to be, or the threat happens to be, the serial killer guy. So it was like, I feel it's as much as progress as we've made, there's still the mentality of, oh, a big market's not going to accept that thing. So we're going to just nudge it in this direction. I feel like 
nudges are what kill things in a lot of ways. And you don't notice it, but you know, six months down the line, when you're looking at it, you're like, oh, wow, that's, that's, you know, that's totally different than what we originally went set out to do. Um, and I, I know other people that I, I work with who in the studio system, even I, I can't give specifics, but like, there are definitely situations where blatant ignorance and uh, racism still exist. Yes. Whoa. Can you give us any example? I mean, that sounds... I, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I, I don't think I can without giving yeah. away too much information because of the content of the movie and then the, the reason, but basically the movie was around this very specific idea of, uh, it was a movie about a very specific thing and the producers only could think about like, why don't we completely not understand that thing and change it? Uh, we like the idea, but can we do this instead sort of thing? And it was just very racist, but they didn't even see that. Wow. So, you know, we, but we I talk- think that's, I don't want to take away from that. I would say in general, things are far better than they they were even pre-pandemic. Definitely. And it sounds like, you know, this is actually not the first account we've heard of, a, of an issue where kind of the producers are the ones that aren't necessarily getting it or kind of have other ideas. And um, it might be one of the reasons it's important to have other queer producers in this space, which is something we haven't really talked about. You know, we're usually in this podcast focused on the writing and the acting, but uh, the producing is a big part of that too. So I want to give credit to you because it sounds like even though your title isn't necessarily always producer, that you do in the way you operate, do a lot of producing. So that's fantastic. I found that quality is just caring a lot about something and figuring out how to make the best version of it possible. And I guess if that makes it producing, then sure, I'm a producer, but I... I just really care about these projects and these stories and want to get them told. And we've had other LGBT people come to us with their short films and projects as well. And we've helped produce those and get them out there in the world also. Oh, that's amazing. So it's, not just, it's not just, I have a great idea and I want to get it made, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's all about empowering those stories to happen. Gay empowerment. Yeah. Uh, now, before we go and watch uh, on break to watch this show, let's talk about the show that you brought for us today, Uncoupled. It came out very recently on Netflix. So major streaming platform and really around the same time as bros which i think is interesting right so you have these big things coming out it's actually a great parallel yeah yeah you know there'll be interesting things to discuss there and i have not really heard a lot about this show which is really interesting there hasn't been big controversy Yeah, there's surprisingly little little chat about it online from what I've heard. And it, I mean, it's star-studded, right? You have the creator of Sex in the City who's uh, creating this along with his co-writer. and Tuck Watkins, Neil Patrick Harris, Marsha Gay Harden. I mean, come on. Matthew, what made you want to bring this one to the pod, if I, I can ask? Um, I think it's, it's really interesting and fitting to kind of what I do and that I feel like this is a show I would make if I if I had millions of dollars and unlimited connections. <laughs> and it's a gay story, unapologetically gay, that is not trying to be straight. It's just trying to tell it from a gay perspective. And I think that's really admirable. And it's got Tuck Watkins in it. <laughs> oh, man, you're a of huge fan of him, huh? Okay. Mm. <laughs> oh, don't blush on the pod. Come on. <laughs> All right. Well, with that note, I think it is time for us to watch the show. Woo! Hey. At this point, we watch Uncoupled. Michael, a 48-year-old realtor, hosts a surprise 50th birthday party for his boyfriend of 17 years, Colin. Right before they enter the party, Colin tells Michael that he's moving out to, quote, figure things out. Michael meets with a potential client, Claire, who is getting divorced, and runs into Tyler, his rival real estate agent. Michael and Colin attend couples therapy together, and Michael dominates the conversation, prompting Colin to break up with him. 
The episode ends with Michael's friend Suzanne saying she knows who Colin has moved in with. And we're back! Woo! Hi! <laughs> and Matthew's doing a little jig. This is my comfort corner. I'm, I'm relaxed now. Yeah, Matthew is spraying out on a couch. Um, I'm actually in my car recording over cellular, cellular data because I am visiting Austin for vacation and I'm staying with a friend who is taking a nap. So I'm uh, not sexiled, just nap-siled. <laughs> I have to compliment your wireless carrier, though. Your signal is great. Yeah, it's been good. It's been good. All right, so we just finished watching the pilot of uncoupled and matthew has actually seen the full series which i have not yet so that should be interesting to see how our our view of this compares um but i really liked it i i'm actually like pretty surprised that there's not more buzz about this because it's uh it's very fun and it's funny and it seems uncontroversial and uncomplicated like it's it's good yeah as far as pilots go like most pilots are terrible and this one really sets up everything really well i thought damn hot take most pilots are terrible They are. Most pilots are really, it's hard to take 30 minutes and put an entire world together. And uh, this one actually does it pretty well. Uh, I'll give a quick shout out. Eric has a podcast called Hold My Interest, where the whole premise is that they review pilots of different TV shows and talk about how good of a job it did holding their interest. Promoing my pod and my other pod. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh, okay. I, well, Eric, what did you think? No, it was fun. I really enjoyed it. And I like, I just like got emotional. They did a really good job of like really pulling out the heartstrings. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was- That's amazing. Uh, I, I think what really sold me was just, I want to talk about my favorite moment. It was I liked it so much that I actually texted Eric and Matthew when it happened. I was like, oh my God, as the, it's called Uncoupled. They kind of telegraph that he's about to get broken up with. And then as they're on the way to the 50th surprise party, he gets broken up with. And then like out of shock backs up into the door and then everyone yells surprise. <laughs> and he has to go through this whole surprise party with that having just happened. And it's like, ah. Oh. oh, the speech. Oh. Oh yeah, it's they did a good job with the double wordplay. This is where I started sobbing. I was like so like I cried when he was giving that speech. Just this, I feel like Neil Patrick Harris gave such a good performance of that. Mm, I love the d- dramatic irony of that whole thing. Also, have y'all been in a situation like this where like something has happened and you're in a party situation and you can't talk about it and you just have to pretend like everything's cool and like. I've been there and I it's like oh I hate it (laughs) like I totally related with him during that I haven't necessarily been in that situation but like when you have a fight with your partner and then you have to like go out into an event or something or like you fight in the uber and then you have to get out and be all like oh hey everybody oh yeah and you're like (laughs) inside your mind you're like after this is over I'm murdering him but right now I have to be his best friend yeah I had to like I got into like a text fight with someone once while I was like visiting with like a family I had seen forever so I I had to just like every five minutes be like, can I, I have to go to the bathroom. Sorry. And then I would go and like respond in the bathroom, have emotional meltdown. And then I would come back and be like, Hey, what's up? <laughs> Bifurcating your life like that. You mentioned that Neil Patrick Harris gives a really good performance and he really does. Man, Neil Patrick Harris is so interesting and cool because he's, I don't know. I would argue he's the most famous gay person. Uh, Pause as everyone tries to think. Who's the, uh, who's the guy who's head of transportation? Um, kind of like the oh. Buddha judge. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Fair, but MPH fair. is definitely a fame wise, I would say, yeah. 
Who do judge for president, by the way? Eric, who do you think the most famous gay person is? I want to do an interview on the street thing where I ask a bunch of people this. Most famous gay person? I mean, like, Neil Patrick Harris or um, Sean Hayes. It's Will and Grace, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. I was, but yeah, I was Neil Patrick Hayes or someone. Ellen. Ellen Lizzo? DeGeneres. Lizzo, uh, maybe? Yeah. Uh, Ellen's a whole other case. <laughs> um, I guess I was thinking more gay men. I should have specified. Um, but yes, Neil Patrick Harris. Harris has done an excellent job of really rising to fame and he's played straight roles and he's played a lot of straight roles. This might be the first gay role I've seen him in, but people love him. Gay people love him. Straight people love him. Like he does a great job. And so it is cool to see him bring his celebrity to a queer story like this. Yeah, absolutely. And he's great. (laughs) I thought it was, I I really loved how they like set up the beginning relationship between him and Tuck Watkins, which with uh, Tuck Watkins, but um you know the uh <laughs> matthew uh, is fanning himself <laughs> i mean tuck watkins is yeah he deserves more roles than he gets i don't know if he's the best actor but he's definitely um easy to look at let's put it that way what else has tuck watkins been in i feel i know i've seen him in another i feel like in another gape media thing but i'm not he's not that sure guy from that him. thing he's like he's been in a million things but you're like oh it's tuck watkins just yeah he had a moderately successful b movie career Tuck Watkins was the Mr. Burns in The Mummy. That's his biggest claim to fame. Really? He's in The Mummy? (laughs) He's in The Mummy. He's Mr. Burns. That movie's awesome. He's done a lot of television. Who is that? Who's the star of Mummy? Is is that Brendan Fraser? Brendan Fraser. The Fraser sons. They they look kind of similar. Brendan Fraser and Tuck Watkins. In my mind, at least. (laughs) I mean, if you squint really hard and like close one eye. Tuck Watkins is more like daddy. Like he is like the quintessential idea of like, I feel like when people say daddy, that's like the image that like they mean. Oh, he was in Boys in the Band. We should do that, Andrew. I think I, I really enjoyed piecing together the, like where um, Colin was moving into, where he was living, why he was leaving. Like that's just like, kind of like a through line i had a fun time of like picking up the clues so like when we had the reveal of where the his ex-partner was living i i saw it coming but i was still like i felt like that was really fun um wait wait do we have the reveal reveal. it's at the very beginning of the second episode but i feel like people who have watched the pilot like you can go into the second episode and they say it in the first like five to ten seconds of wait i I didn't know i have no no idea i haven't gotten i haven't started the second episode i have no idea where but you picked up on clues better yeah they 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 just lay like a lot of clues in the pilot episode of like where the ex-partner moves into and like um can i just tell you yes tell me tell me i'm so curious (laughs) okay so what i know now is that he's moved into an apartment with the rival realtor tyler is that his name tyler the one who was like a diva to them on the elevator which by the way great role mm -hmm. i love that was so fun love that as far as that, but at least that's, I've got like five minutes into the episode. So maybe like she just saw like a specific, like the best friend tells him like, yes, he moved in with our rival. And so maybe she just saw like them together or not. I don't know, but um, but, that's but where I'm at right now. You said now. there were clues leading up to that. You're like, oh, that's definitely where he is. Yeah. Just throughout the whole episode, it's like, like they leave clues. Like when he's on his way to go show an apartment, like his friend is like, oh, this apartment got sold. We've been trying to like buy our rival. And then like all this stuff stuff gets pulled out of the apartment and then like he he also like neil patrick harris has a line where he's like you're telling me like when he's fighting with con he's like you're telling me that there is a realtor out there who knows like exactly like that you were about to leave me even before i knew you were about to leave me 
And so like, just what the whole talk of that, I was like, this is fun. Like there was a lot of drama and that was really nice. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely gets better. And one of the things I loved about the show is it's just, it's really digestible. There's like 10, 30 minute episodes, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. we binged it in a day and a half. So, oh, we <laughs> all watched it together. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah, I, I, I'm notorious <laughs> for cutting things off. And if it weren't for Nigel, I wouldn't watch any TV. I'd watch like half of a pilot and I'd be like, I'm bored. Let's go smoke weed or something. You know? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, this uh, pilot is very much like there's numerous references to like what it's like to date as an older person. And it seems like that's going to be a theme throughout the show, which I thought was really interesting. Um, now, we're all spry young chickens. Despite the the life that Matthew's lived, you're still pretty young, right? I'm 17. <laughs> and I'm 12. Thanks for listening to our pod. <laughs> okay, my actual age is 30. Uh, so I don't know what it's like to date as a 50 year old or however Neil Patrick Harris is in this, but it is, uh, he was, yeah, I think he's like 48. Yeah. yeah anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it is really interesting. Like I, I don't hang out with a lot of 48 year olds. Um, uh, I'm not into daddy culture, uh, but it, I do know that in the gay community, there's a lot of focus on age. Everyone wants to be youthful. And so it's really interesting hearing like how much that comes up and how much that seems to weigh on the minds of the single people dating in that, which is really interesting. Can I can I just chime in on 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 top of my uh, my film stuff? One thing I am also a uh, I have a PhD in is daddy culture. So um, <laughs> oh, from my university. Oh, from uh, uh, University of UG, University of Gay. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, I live in like I, we were talking before we started. The uh, Palm Springs is where I live, and it's the gayest place on earth. And uh, a lot of gay men came here to die during HIV AIDS epidemic in the 80s, but then drugs came out and a lot of them didn't die. And so it became like the gayest place on earth. But there are a lot of older gay men here. And Mm. my husband and I were 21 years apart. Uh, I'm 35. And so if you do math and extrapolate that, he is uh, 57. He's 14. 14. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's an illegal relationship. But in Texas, 17 could actually work. So. Oh, God. Um, and so I, yeah, I very much get the daddy culture thing. But also, it's just generationally, like as gay men, we, 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 the moment you're like 27, like your life is over. And it's so stupid Jeez. because, like, <laughs> sorry, Andrew. Eric, you got a little lot more time. But, uh, <laughs> I'm 12. Uh, I don't know what you're, you're saying. 12. You're not <laughs> even halfway there yet. Uh, but it's also interesting on gay men's psyche, like how that affects them and what they think. And I'm like, no, you're you're so much hotter now that you're not like 25. Like, thank you. Put on a gray, some gray hair and a few pounds, and that's going to be much better for you. You know, so it's uh yeah it's a real thing i guess is what i was trying to say well thank you for sharing that that perspective uh some other things i wanted to shout out is one i think they do a really good job of uh painting this flaw for the protagonist michael of how it's like basically they do a cheap trick you can do in improv or in writing if you want your protagonist to have a flaw and you want it to be clear to the audience is have another character say you know what your problem is and then just state the problem and they basically do that in this pilot when um, Tut is like, uh, it's all about you. Like this, all you're talking about is you. And then you see that really doubled down on in the therapy session when Michael says, oh, I really want to work with you and I really want to listen. And then it just <laughs> cuts to him still talking and he hasn't done anything but talk the whole time. So I, I love when there's a very clear um, growth arc set up and like room for growth in a character, which is really cool. Yeah, that was one of the things that I really liked, not 
to ruin the show for you, but one of the things I liked about the arc of the season is you really see Neil Patrick Harris's character like go through an arc of, yeah, he is kind of that guy who is a bit of a narcissist and talks too much, but he learns to grow as a person and as a gay man throughout the season. And I really like that. I love the idea you, that you ruined the show by saying that Neil Patrick Harris's character grows as a person. That's a spoiler. <laughs> spoiler. <laughs> I also really love Claire. Claire is so funny. Yeah, Claire. Uh, Marsha Gay Harden is like the best part of the show, I think. When she's like, ears are not trash cans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really, I don't want, God, I don't want to ruin the season for you, but it's really, it's really interesting to see her arc and like, like how comparable it is to Neil Patrick Harris and stuff like that. Well, let's talk about this. I'm not sure. I mean, I do think the pilot does a good job of setting up a lot, but I don't know if it's necessarily predictable, which is good. When he goes up and talks to Claire and they're like, Kind of sort of he in his mind is comparing notes with her he keeps talking like mentioning about how uh colin kept bringing up like the idea of like giving me space giving me space whatever whatever and so there is like definitely i think gonna be like no matter what they're gonna tease it to us like will they won't they get back together and we're gonna constantly have that throughout the series and i do think in the season finale like i'm predicting like it's gonna come up like definitely for sure like colin is gonna come back and be like please can we get back together like that's just like a classic like rom-com trope uh, like uh, obviously uh, we're gonna, it's, <laughs> i think no matter what we're gonna get that like uh neil patrick harris's character is gonna get that offer and just a matter of whether or not he's fully grown is he gonna accept it that's my prediction those are great theories <laughs> Matthew biting his tongue. I wish I had I wish I had a PhD in daddyism so I could really know. <laughs> but I don't. <laughs> We always like to talk about the writers of this show. Um, I could tell by watching it, this is written by gay men. You know, it feels very authentic. I would have been very surprised to find out that it was written by anyone but two gay men. Um, just because a lot of those references are very specific, very knowledgeable. And uh, yeah, so it's created and co-written by Darren Starr and Jeffrey Richmond. Both are openly gay. And then notably, Darren Starr is the creator of Sex in the City and Emily in Paris. So huge name here. Um, another really interesting thing is Darren Starr and Jeffrey Richmond, they both, like, there's not a lot about them on the internet. Like, their Wikipedia pages, uh, other than their accomplishments in the career, are are pretty sparse. And I, when researching, I didn't really come across uh, articles. A lot of times with these game media, you'll come across these articles where, like, the creators are like, this is what we were trying to do. We think there's this missing, and we wanted to do this, and there's kind of, like, all... And I, I haven't really seen or heard any of that. Um, and they don't have Instagrams, they don't have twitters it's it's really interesting mm -hmm. and as we mentioned before really no no drama or country not a lot of buzz i guess which is fascinating to me considering how much of a star-studded cast this is and the and like the creators are such big names uh and it's doing really well too it got 75 percent on rotten tomatoes 75 percent audience okay. score i mean those are really solid scores has it been i didn't check has it been announced like a renewal for season two or anything i haven't seen that yet I yeah because that. i don't i mean yeah. we've praised the show to all of our friends but i haven't i haven't heard anybody else really talk about it i mean it did just come out recently right did it i don't know time's so a blur anymore. It came it's like, out, like it come out? I don't even think it came out before Bros. Like, like uh, we're talking it was about before that. Bros. It was like a month before Bros. Yeah. Yeah. I what I wanted to bring up is like, and this is me being the 25 year old in the room asking, has Neil Patrick Harris been canceled, quote unquote, 
Like, and we we just like don't even know that that happened yet because you, Andrew, you did send us that article about like the problematic behavior of New York yes. Paris. So I sent, I remembered seeing something on Twitter where people were talking negatively about Neil Patrick Harris. So I was like, oh my God, this guy seems so cool. And like, did he do something to get himself canceled? Um, and he has, you know, there's a BuzzFeed article that it's like six or seven problematic things that he has done. Um, and I'm not going to, I haven't really looked into it or read it. I know he didn't sexually assault anyone. And I know it wasn't an Ellen situation where he was a terrible boss. But he has made a couple of moves. I, don't, I haven't looked too, into them too much, but just things that kind of show a lack of tact. Um, I don't. A lack but, of tact. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but if you Google him, these things don't come up. Um, so I don't He's think some, I don't think public perception of him has been completely sullied to a point that that would ruin this show. He just sounds like an entitled rich guy, you know. Yeah, I think the this BuzzFeed article, the truest news source ever. It, it seemed like they were really trying to have him canceled, but like <laughs> I, I read over all the things. There was something that he did about like I don't know if you saw the thing about like the Amy Winehouse cake. Yeah, that that's kind of like that's the real. Do we want to touch on comparing this to bros? It is interesting. They come out at nearly the same time. They both deal with people dating as older ages. Gay media has to be compared. That's (laughs) what we go further in. It has to be. We have a whole uh, podcast episode dedicated to bros listeners. Go check out our uh, episode one of season two. I thought this was better. I thought this was like like a better story. It wasn't. It's a different kind of comedy. Obviously, this is like a Sex in the City sort of thing. But I felt like I, I don't know. I enjoyed watching this more. I felt like Bros was like I'm a gay man. I have to go support gay cinema, so I'm going to go watch it. Whereas this was, I just enjoyed this and watched it because I liked it. Mm-hmm. That, Rose yeah. is very meta and mm-hmm. very a lot of detached comedy whereas this is not detached it's very immersive and the characters are genuinely feeling those feelings the entire way through it never takes a step back to be self-aware in the way that bros mm-hmm. does in a very like meta sense i also think you were saying about how billy eichner is not a leading man but neil patrick harris is i do think that plays a role like in bros they try to go for sentimental moments that tug at your heartstrings and for me just because billy eichner was so like is such a character actor is such like trying to be funny all the time those didn't really hit for me whereas in the first 10 minutes of uncoupled neil patrick harris is giving the speech at the surprise party after having just been blindsided and i'm like wow like he just does a very good job of like really emulating what that feeling is like and so i think that's where i'm like the sentimental and like the emotional moments of uh uncoupled i appreciate much more than the ones in bros but both good media like on their own i think yeah both really good definitely different uh, so I think it's time to wrap up. Uh, Matthew, before we go into final thoughts, is there anything that you'd like to uh, promote for us? Do you have a, I, you have an Instagram, you have your media company, uh, shout it out. Give us those handles. Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram. It's probably the easiest at Matt Lynn cinema, M-A-T-T-L-Y-N-N cinema. Um, you can also find me on the Facebooks, but I don't really use that anymore. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I think that's probably the best way to get a hold of me. And then my company, Bridge the Divide Media, uh, my website's MatthewLynnVisuals.com. Nice. And then I you like, can... uh, long walks on the beach, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, come on to Palm Springs and meet this daddy. <laughs> 
Well, apparently lots of daddies. Daddy with the PhD. PhD in daddy. Well, I tell them, I tell everyone I'm on a 10-year transition to daddy status. So I'm like a 35. <laughs> so I'm right in the middle. Like you, nice. you get the gray hairs here, right? Yeah. Get some gray I, can't wait. I can't wait for your big film about this. It's oh be, my god. Be huge. <laughs> Becoming daddy. daddy. Becoming daddy. Daddy, uh Dr. Daddy PhD. Ah. <laughs> um, and then you can follow Rainbow Room at Rainbow Room Podcast on Instagram and TikTok. Uh we also have a youtube page following really helps so we'd love that uh i would love to go into final thoughts uh my final thoughts about this movie are or about this show are that it was a lot of fun it was really well written and it just felt like a great example of what we look for when we say we want to see authentic gay stories and as someone who's a 30 year old gay man i thought it gave me a unique perspective of what it's like to be a 48 year old gay man my final thoughts are tender new york city heart-wrenching at times fun for the whole family good give it a watch i actually i'm really excited to continue watching i'm like i haven't been this excited to watch a tv series in a while so hey yeah i'm excited to be promoting this yeah 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 andrew i think you summed it up really well i just i really appreciate that there's content out there for us that is good and uh has big names in it and uh, I think they did a really great job with it, and it's not perfect. Uh, I mean, it, there's definitely some uh, cringy moments as the season goes on. It's definitely lower budget, but it uh, overall has a lot of heart, and you can clearly tell that the people making it were really happy to make it and proud to make it. So, uh, what an amazing note to end on. Well, everyone, we hope that you go and watch this amazing show, and that you think of us. Thank you so much for listening with us today. Goodbye. Bye, Bye. everyone. Good, 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 good.